Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. Now, I know some of you guys are like, what, what, what the hell happened to the old studio? What the hell is going on? Okay, I'm currently in the UK, going to be here for a little bit. I'm actually going to be spending the holidays with some family and doing some other things. So this is uh, kind of the first stage of the studio we're going to be setting up here. So just bear with us. Uh, but we're going to be gone. We're going to be here for a little bit. So don't worry. Don't be alarmed. We're going to be back to our normal studio um, in a few months. Anyway, let me get into this topic here. So actually, um, while I was in transit, actually coming over here with my family, um, I knew that the Clippers were going to be playing a game. And prior to that point, I had made my positions 100% clear on where I stand with this Clippers team uh, in terms of the trade that they decided to go forward with. I thought that it was wrong-headed to begin with. I made it crystal clear that I didn't understand why the Clippers felt like they needed to go after James Harden. They already had a, a fully stacked team. The only question coming into this season for the Clippers was, were they going to remain healthy? That was really the only question mark. That was the only thing I was trying to understand, right? But for, but for whatever reason, the Clippers, as usual, feel like they need to outsmart everyone. And in the process, they ended up outsmarting themselves. They went ahead and pulled the trigger to sign James Harden. And ever since he's been signed with the team, it's been nothing but total ineptitude. As a matter of fact, the Clippers have not won a single game since James Harden has arrived there. They have lost five in a row and all four uh, with him. And it seems like other people in media are beginning to sound the alarm bells. And one of those people... Uh, incidentally, is Stephen A. Smith. As you guys know, Stephen A. Smith has his own show, The Stephen A. Smith Show, and he took to his show to express his concerns and really ask the, or raise the question, why do the Clippers go ahead and make this trade in the first place? So what we want to do is we want to play exactly what Stephen A. Smith had to say about this trade that he describes on his channel as a disaster, uh, and then we're going to come back and continue on, continue on with the show. Take a listen to what Stephen A. Smith had to say here. It's a bit odd. Los Angeles Clippers are not looking good. If anybody's going to figure it out, Ty Lue's figuring it out. But Ty, Ty Lue really, really needs to be figuring out a way to get the hell out of, uh, up out of L.A. The Phoenix Suns wanted him before they ever hired Frank Vogel, but the Clippers wouldn't let him out of his deal. And so as a result, he's got to stay there. And it's one of those situations where you're looking at James Harden and you're asking, how the hell is this going to work? Seriously, how the hell is this going to work? I mean, I'm just looking at the Los Angeles Clippers right now. James Harden needs the basketball. Russell Westbrook needs the basketball. And they're not even two of the primary scorers. That, response, that responsibility falls on the shoulders of, of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So you got two dudes who are your stars, who have to have the ball and deserve it. And the 40-plus million they're getting a year mandates they get the damn ball. But the ball is in the hands of Russell Westbrook or James Harden. Both who need the ball, both who are not great with moving without the ball, their thing is having the ball in their hands and being facilitators for somebody else or themselves. Not running around through picks and screens and moving without the basketball like a Steph Curry and then getting the ball that way. No, that ain't going to work for them. Neither of them do that. This is why I wasn't really enamored with this, this move. I thought James Harden would have been better off as a Los Angeles Laker, potentially replacing a D'Angelo Russell. Because James Harden would have the ball in his hands. He could dance, he could do his thing, he could feed LeBron, et cetera, et cetera, Anthony Davis, that kind of thing. He could do that. But James Harden ain't running around without the ball. 
And Russell Westbrook ain't going to do that. Why is Golden State, even with CP3, still formidable? Because CP3 is a quintessential point guard, but Steph Curry knows how to move without the basketball. He's one of the elite dudes in the NBA, in NBA history doing that. Remember the, the social media post or the interview that J.R. Smith, former member of the Cleveland Cavaliers, remember when they did an interview with him and he talked about how Matthew Dellavedova almost died. Died! Almost died covering Steph Curry. They needed to send him to the hospital and give him additional oxygen because that's how exhausted he was from running around chasing Steph Curry. Russell Westbrook and James Harden ain't doing that. I mean, the Statue of Liberty ain't far from me. And I'm telling you right now, that might move more than James Harden. Obviously, I'm being facetious since it doesn't move at all. You know what I'm saying. It's not a good situation. It really isn't. And I'm really wondering and I'm really iffy on whether or not this situation is really, really going to work for Steve Ballmer, the billionaire owner for the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm getting to that point. It's early in the season. I get all that. I get all of that. But it just seems like parts that don't fit. Putting a square peg into a round hole just don't fit. And if you bomber, and you're trying to establish something special in Los Angeles, not be the fair-weather stepchild to the Los Angeles Lakers, whose asses you've, whose asses you've kicked for the, the last pretty much five, six, eight years, for crying out loud, before you lost to them recently last week in an overtime game that Paul George fouled out of. You're trying to establish your own thing. You're building a new arena in Inglewood. This is not good. It's not good. I'm going to leave it at that for now because it's too early in the season to go any further. But I don't like what I'm seeing. And if you James Harden, my brother, this could be it for you. Yeah, you're right. You took sacrifices. You expected better from Daryl Morey. You wanted that lengthy contract extension. You wanted that long-term max deal. You left money on the table to help improve the team. You made a lot of sacrifices. You deserve a lot of credit for that. But you're also the person that stunk up the joint in game six and seven after having a 3-2 lead in the Eastern Conference semifinals last year. You're also a person that forced your way out of three teams now. You're also a person, there's ample evidence that you quit on numerous occasions. If it don't work out with the Los Angeles Clippers, my condolences, my brother. My condolences. So you heard what Stephen A. Smith had to say. First of all, you know, I think we need to come to terms with where we are. A lot of people are still living in this fantasy land. They're like, okay, let's give it time. Let's give it time. Let's give it time. It kind of reminds me of what happened with Russell Westbrook when he joined the Lakers. I remember people at the time, so let's give it time. Let's give it time. Let's give it time. And I was saying at the time, time for what? Time for what exactly? The Lakers personnel at the time were who they were. Russell Westbrook had the skill sets that he had. So what were we looking for to happen over time? Maybe, maybe people were sitting there trying to wonder, okay, maybe Russell Westbrook is going to develop some new skills. No. In order for Westbrook at the time to be effective, he needed to be himself.
right? Now, maybe he needed to modify his game to a certain extent, but nevertheless, he wasn't going to turn into a Clay Thompson or a Stephen. He wasn't going to become that type of player. So when people were saying, give him more time, I was like, okay. And it was 20 games in the, the Lakers, I believe, had like a 10 and 10 record. And people were still talking about giving more time until they reached the inevitable conclusion, which was this thing ain't working. In the case of the Clippers, they have too many players that have a redundant skill set. That's number one. Number two, if we're talking about from a chemistry, team building, championship culture standpoint, why in the Lord's name would you want James Harden on your roster? Why would you? James Harden has a well-documented history of not giving a damn. We know this about James Harden. This is already understood. As a matter of fact, reports came out that after the, 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 the Clippers lost that game to the New York Knicks, New York Knicks, we heard that James Harden, James Harden was out partying. And to me, the question I have is, where do you find the zeal? Where do you find the energy to go out there and be partying and be having a good time when you're not delivering at work? I don't get it. I personally don't get it. If I was underperforming at my job, where am I going to find the enthusiasm to be going out? And I don't want to be out smiling with, with no, you know what I mean? I'm out, there's nothing to be smiling about. I got issues I need to solve. Because if even if I go out and I go relax, it's not like I said these problems are going to go away. It's not like as if they're just going to disappear. But nevertheless, this is the guy that the Clippers decided that they needed to bring into the fold. And I don't understand. I don't It is the, the, the situation with the Clippers right now. It is turning into a runaway disaster. You're now seeing head coach Tyler with the press conference cussing. He can't even comport himself. He can't even comport himself. Paul George is losing his patience. Kawhi Leonard and Vince Zubak are getting into the... When did the Clippers have such turmoil in the past? And for whatever reason, they felt like they needed to go ahead and do it, and they have totally messed up their team. I don't see this thing turning around. Tonight, they're going to be playing against the Utah... What is it? The Denver Nuggets. It is going to take a miracle for the Clippers to win that game. They went and traded away all their size, all their versatility in the, uh, Nicholas Batum, Robert Covington to now bring in a James Harden who plays no defense at all. He's a six foot five guard. And you now have your Kawhi Leonard who is six foot seven playing the power four. Is this what the Clippers envisioned? It's an absolute mess. As a matter of fact, before producing the show, I posted this on the channel yesterday. Some people were laughing at me in the comment section like, I thought you was on break. I wasn't on break. I was just in transit. And I said, should the Clippers swallow their pride and trade James Harden? Out of the 14,000 people that have voted in the last 18 hours, if you haven't voted, go ahead and cast your vote. 84% are saying yes. The 16%, let me tell you who comprises the 16%. The 16% of the people still holding on for dear hope. And the other six, and part of that 16 is the people that want to continue to see the train wreck. It ain't going to work. Y'all should have known that from Jump Street. And in terms of the Clippers' management, only the Lord in heaven knows what they were pondering on when they brought when they thought about that. I don't understand. It's the Clipper way. Some people are wondering, are you a bandwagon Clipper? I'm supporting nobody right now. I don't have to support this now. I don't have to. Some of y'all Clipper fans, y'all can do it. I'm not going to be annexed to this, to this BS. This is a self-inflicted wound. So I hope the Clippers are happy. I hope they're happy. I hope this is what you wanted. You got James. Look at James. Does James Harden look like he's even bothered by it? Ty Lue, he looks like he can't be out of there fast enough. 
they have ruined their team. The only way out is they need to trade James Harden immediately. And now go back and try to get their team to where it was before. Because the Clippers already had a good team and they found a way to mess it up all on their own. I I'm done. I expect another loss this night. It I think it's going to be embarrassing. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Now, this morning, I was doing some research. It's been a while since we got into the business side of sports, but I went to front office sports, and I came across a pretty interesting article. An article had the following headline. It said, ESPN's financial success raises questions about cost-cutting layoffs and i said to myself hmm that's interesting recent success because a lot of the things that we've been reading over the last few months is that espn has been going through some financial struggles uh they've been losing monthly subscriptions every single month uh at one point they had over 100 and million 111 million monthly users and i think now they're somewhere around 70 million were paying for their services and recently they had a huge round of um of layoffs where they laid off very big personalities like max kellerman jeff van gundy Jalen Rose, um, Mark Jackson, and so many other notable from facing uh, talent. So when I came across this article, if I'm being honest with you guys, I was quite surprised to hear uh, what this article was saying, because for me, it's saying that ESPN is actually having some financial success. So now we're beginning to question why, uh, you know, they made the decisions that we made. But before we even get into this article, this video is brought to you by a brand new sponsor, Factor Minutes. If you're like me or anybody that works at Dreamers Pro, chances are you're a very, very busy person, especially during the lunchtime when you don't have time to go to the grocery store, pick out fresh ingredients, and come back home and cook healthy, delicious meals. Sometimes we're so busy that you just end up finding yourself making a ham sandwich or something like that, which isn't really ideal. And this is the reason why we are excited to be partnering with Factor Meals. Factor Meals is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. You can choose from up to 35 gourmet meals. Every meal is packed with premium ingredients crafted by Factor Meals team of culinary experts and designed by dietitians to ensure that every meal is packed with premium science-backed nutritional quality. Your meals are delivered directly to your door and all you need to do is heat them up in just under two minutes, then they are ready for you to eat and enjoy. So for example, this week, I think I'm gonna go with the Italian herb chicken. What I love is that under every single meal, you can see if it's a calorie conscious option. For example, this meal I just chose is a dietitian approved calorie smart meal, which is around 550 calories or less per serving, and also a protein plus meal with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. So if you want to give it a try, click the link in the description below or head over to factormeals.com slash dreamers50 and use code dreamers50 to get 50% off. And remember, when you try Factor Meals by using the link in the description below, remember that you're supporting this channel. Thank you. So let me just get into this article here and read it. It continues on by saying the Walt Disney Co. broke out quarterly uh, financial results for ESPN for the first time last week and to, and to the Surprise of doomsayers on Wall Street, it is still a powerful and profitable uh, entity, but there's uh, another audience frustrated, even angered, by the re revelation ESPN generated nearly $1 billion in profits during the fourth quarter, namely ESPNers, whose jobs were sacrificed on the altar of cost-cutting by Disney. ESPN has long portrayed financial struggles to its 5,000 employees. 
The last decade has seen multiple round layoffs, including the departure of big-name talents such as Jeff Van Gundy, Keyshawn Johnson, Suzy Colbert, and Max Kellerman this summer. Remaining on-air talents had to accept smaller raises or even salary cuts. Staffers behind the scenes were told to cover games remotely and limit or eliminate travel. But Disney could fetch $25 billion or more by selling ESPN. For the second time in recent weeks, the mouse, the mouse house gave possible investors a peek under the hood at ESPN's financials. For decades, it has been an open secret that ESPN was Disney's cash cow. But Disney hit ESPN's real numbers because they didn't want leagues and distributors to know just how rich the media giant really was. Even reduced uh, as they are after a decade of core cutting, ESPN's financials came under a stunner to former staffers. During the fourth quarter, Disney reported ESPN's operating income surge uh, 16% to $987 million off uh, $3.5 billion in revenue. In a previous SEC filing, Disney revealed Bristol's delivered $2.9 billion in profits off of $16 billion in revenue to Burbank's uh, coffers in fiscal 2022. The network's uh, profits have grown for two straight fiscal year, uh, years. Some former ESPNers resent the billions of profit uh, siphoned out of Bristol over the years. Others believe they paid with their jobs for the mistake made by Disney's 3,000 mile away. This year, returning Disney chairman Bob Iger announced his plan to slash 7,000 jobs with the goal of $5.5 billion in cost savings. A lot of ESPN, uh, a lot of employees are asking, what the F? Complain one ex-ESPNer. One we were told internally, don't travel, no Christmas parties and layoff, layoff, layoff. Then you see the numbers and you learn we earned $3 billion? There are good reasons why Iger would uh, rather sell a minority stake in ESPN to the NFL or NBA than split it off in the distressed assets. It's not because he sentimentally recall, uh, recalls co uh, cutting his teeth in sports under the late Rooney uh, Aldra of ES ABC Sports. Yes, core cutting has shrunk ESPN's footprint to 71 million uh, homes from a peak of 100 million. Yes, the cable bundle that nourish ESPN's dual revenue streaming uh, is crumbling. Yes, ESPN's strategy to transition to direct-to-consumer future by 2025 is not guaranteed su to succeed, but a close read of the numbers indicates that ESPN is still the Disney's empire crown jewel. ESPN generated more profits in, the fiscal, in fiscal 2022 than Disney's entire entertainment business at $2.1 billion, noted The Hollywood Reporter. Meanwhile, the company's ESPN Plus streaming platform is already prof uh, profiting, while Disney and Hulu's uh, platforms are still losing money. In April, author James Andrew Miller tweeted, ESPN generated an astonishing $22 billion in profits for Disney from 2020, uh, 2018 to 2022. He, he would know. Miller wrote the book on the worldwide leader in sports with his best-selling The Guys, having all the fun inside the world of ESPN at the height of the cable subscription market in the 2010s, ESPN was a bigger, more profitable company than the studio and the parks put together. Former President John Skipper said on the uh, Pablo Torre Finds Out podcast that enabled ESPN with its dual revenue stream of cable subscription plus advertising to simply outbid linear TV competitors, whether it was for uh, expensive, whether it was for expensive sports media rights or top air, uh, top on air talents. Meanwhile, Iger truly used 
uh, the billions generated by ESPN to bankroll his acquisition of the 21st Century Fox, Marvel, Pixar, and Lucasfilms. As former ESPNer Bill Simmons told Jimmy Trania of Sports Illustrated, <laughs> they were at ATM for uh, Disney. And the article goes on to say a bunch of other things. You guys can go ahead and check it out. So anyway, this was a bit surprising to me based on all of the information uh, that we had out there because the way it seemed, the way it was sounding based on the figures that we heard in terms of them losing subscription dropping from what? Uh, bu 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 what, 100 million to 70 million. So they were losing about 3 million subscribers every single year. That's a pretty significant number if you then crush those numbers and multiply them by 3 million versus the monthly, uh, you know, Toja was selling their package for every single month is a lot of money. So um, those numbers are real. But nevertheless, it seems that they were able to extract success from various areas. And I'm sure some of these people, as an article alluded to, that some of them are going to be sitting down asking the question, okay, but if you guys had all this money, why did you let us go? Listen, the sports media landscape is changing quickly. I was recently uh, texting with Marcellus Wiley because he produced a show on this. He produced a show uh, which was basically centered on some comments that came on from It Is What It Is. Shout out to Cameron and Macy's the people that I grew up listening to, man. So those, those are like legends of mine. But, but anyway... They were talking about, I think they were talking to Million Dollars Worth of Game Podcast, and they were talking about, you know, Skip Bayless having difficulties kind of adapting to this new uh, wave that we're all right now with sports media. And if they like their question, okay, you're blaming all the way and all of that. So I asked Marcellus, I was like, hey, what do you think about that? Why do you think Skip is finding it so difficult uh, to adapt to the change of, you know, changing of times? That he's like, he's just not adapting for whatever reason. And it goes to show you just how quickly this thing is changing, that even though the company was profitable. They still let go of these people, which means that your job security isn't safe. But it also means that, listen, if you're looking at all of these people out there succeeding, it presents an opportunity for you because there are people out there that are, that are winning. It's just a matter of going out there and stepping out there and figuring it out. And I'm and I'm and I'm going to be curious to see a lot of those people that were laid off by ESPN, maybe the Jalen Roses, the Max Kellermans, and others. I'm wondering if they're going to go the independent route. Or if they're going to find themselves back on television, it's something that we all have to wait and, uh, you know, wait and see. Because to me, man, the sports media landscape is evolving so quickly, and there's so much opportunity out there. Uh, and I think the people that kind of position themselves properly are, are, are going to be the ones that are going to succeed uh, going into the future. But nevertheless, this article does come as a surprise. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Uh, let me get into this topic again. Uh, some people are wondering where the hell are you? What's up with this background? I'm currently in the UK, going to be here for some time, spending the holidays uh, with my family. So we're going to be here. We're going to be changing up the studio as we go along. So don't be surprised. And then a few months later, we're going to be back to doing what we normally do. Anyway, let me get into this topic here. Um, as you guys know, before we took our quick break, uh, last time you saw me, I was going off on James Harden. Going off on James Harden, going off on the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers are quickly turning themselves into the biggest laughing stock in the NBA right now. It's the Clippers. This is what the Clippers are doing. For those of you who may not be aware, the Clippers have not won a bloody game since James Harden has joined the team. That's number one. Number two, they have lost five games in a row. Number three, the team looks to, they, they look like they are having an emotional breakdown in front of everyone. Paul George seems to be flummoxed. 
uh, 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 head coach Ty Lue is dropping F-bombs all over the place. Kawhi Leonard looks pissed off. Him and Vincent Zubak are having back and forth on the court. They're trying to now get themselves revved up and everybody has to do the dirty work and all of these different things. And I'm sitting here asking myself the question, why did y'all do this in the first place? Prior to this trade, the Clippers had no such issues. Would they go through some of the malaise and sometimes, you know, uh, 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 you know, having mental lapses? But that, that's what every team goes through during a regular season. But they never had these type of issues. But nevertheless, they saw fit that they go out there and trade for James Harden, a player that nobody wanted. No one wanted James Harden. If there were people that were looking to uh, to, 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 to gain the services of James Harden, where were they when, when he said he was fed up with the Philadelphia 76ers? Number one. Number two, why was James Harden even in a position to be deciding where he wants to go to when he had just found a way to basically quit his way out of the last three organizations that he was with? The Brooklyn Nets, excuse me, the two, the Brooklyn Nets and the Houston Rockets. And now you find him quitting his way out of the Philadelphia 76ers. And this was the player that the Clippers thought, man, this would be a great guy to bring into the locker room. This would be the person. I said it when the trade initially went down. I said James Harden is not going to be one of those people that when the bleeding starts happening, when the team start lo starts losing, that he's going to be the, the one that brings everybody into the fold. If anything, he would just mentally check out, as he has been known to do historically. People act like we're making this up about James Harden when we're not. This is the James Harden way. This is what he does. So what happens? As you guys know, uh, Shannon Sharp usually comes on ESPN two days a week on Mondays and Tuesdays. And he was asked to weigh in on this disaster of a trade that the Clippers went off and, 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 and basically uh, uh, completed. And he was asked to weigh in on some of the struggles that the Clippers have been facing ever since they brought in James Harden after this baffling trade. And when, they, and when it was time for Shannon Sharp to weigh in, he absolutely did not hold back on the Clippers and this entire team. But before we even get into his comments, this video is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Factor Meals. If you're like me or anybody that works at Dreamers Pro, chances are you're a very, very busy person, especially during the lunchtime when you don't have time to go to the grocery store, pick out fresh ingredients, and come back home and cook healthy, delicious meals. Sometimes we're so busy that you just end up finding yourself making a ham sandwich or something like that, which isn't really ideal. And this is the reason why we are excited to be partnering with Factor Meals. Factor Meals is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. You can choose from up to 35 gourmet meals. Every meal is packed with premium ingredients crafted by Factor Meals team of culinary experts and designed by dietitians to ensure that every meal is packed with premium science-backed nutritional quality. Your meals are delivered directly to your door and all you need to do is heat them up in just under two minutes, then they are ready for you to eat and enjoy. So for example, this week, I think I'm gonna go with the Italian herb chicken. What I love is that under every single meal, you can see if it's a calorie conscious option. For example, this meal I just chose is a dietitian approved calorie smart meal which is around 550 calories or less per serving and also a protein plus meal with 30 grams of protein or more per serving so if you want to give it a try click the link in the description below or head over to factormeals.com dreamers50 and use code dreamers50 to get 50% off and remember when you try factor meals by using the link in the description below remember that you're supporting this channel thank you
So what we want to do is want to play exactly what Shannon Sharp had to say about the total ineptitude that's taking place on the Clippers uh, organization. And then we're going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Shannon Sharp had to say there. Is it too soon to call the Clippers-Harden partnership a mistake? It is, but I thought it was a mistake to sign James Harden anyway because I didn't think they needed another score. I didn't think they needed another ball handler. I think with PG, Kawhi, Russ, and Terrence Mann, I think I thought they had plenty of scoring. Maybe if you want to go out and get a defender, maybe if you want to go out and get another big uh, alongside Zubat, but you're saying James Harden to be James Harden, so what's Kawhi supposed to do while that's going on? What's PG supposed to do while James Harden is being James Harden getting comfortable? Russ Russ supposed to do? Russ was playing outstanding. The team was playing really, really well. I just thought they added a piece they didn't need to add, and now it doesn't fit. Maybe in, say, what, 10, 20 games, Stephen A., they can figure this thing out, but right now it looks like a disaster. It does look like a disaster. I don't expect that to last. Um, I think if you're James Harden, you need to be very, very concerned, not just because of how you're looking, but because of how Tyrese Maxey and the Philadelphia 76ers are looking without you. So obviously that's an indictment against James Harden to some degree if that pace continues, which I sincerely doubt that it will, at least to that degree. Having said all of that, to me, Shannon Sharp, I asked this simple question, where the hell is Kawhi Leonard? Ain't he the star? Ain't he the superstar yes. for the squad? Ain't he the two-time NBA champion, the two-time NBA Finals MVP? Paul George to lesser, to a lesser degree, of course, but definitely Kawhi Leonard. See, this is why I get critical of the star. We know that Kawhi Leonard is a superstar basketball player. We know how productive he can be. But when I talk about stopping the bleeding, I'm not just talking about your greatness on the basketball court. I'm talking about your ability to lead or lack thereof. Those things come into play to somebody that stops the bleeding, somebody that says enough of this nonsense, here's what the hell we're going to do. Why are the Clippers worried about acclimating James Harden to such a degree as opposed to making sure you get all you can from Kawhi Leonard while you can? To me, that is the key. That's why you have somebody of that magnitude, Shannon Sharp, and that's what I'm thinking about. But can you get can James Harden get comfortable and Kawhi be himself? Because Kawhi want, Ka Kawhi needs the ball. Paul George, I just don't understand when you look at James Harden game. What he didn't realize that that pick and roll that he had with Joel Embiid, that's why he led the league in assists. Just think about how many easy assists he got by dumping the ball down to Joel Embiid or putting him in the pick and roll or Joel Embiid running the court and he's getting easy assists. Now you're saying, James, get comfortable. James getting comfortable is ball dominant. What Paul George, Kawhi, Russ just standing around looking at him, that's not going to fly, Stephen A. I don't believe he can ever – what they're saying, James Harden be what James, we need James Harden to be, he needs to go back and be that Philly James Harden where he's a passer, a facilitator. But the scoring James Harden and getting comfortable, I don't see how he becomes that with Kawhi and PG. So you heard what Shannon Sharp uh, had to say. Listen, um, we need to start asking questions about this team from management down. We really need to. The Clippers have done something that I think if you sat down some of the executives and the people that made this trade a possibility, they would have no clear answer as to why they did it. Because if I could sit down and talk to Lawrence Frank, if I could sit down and talk to the players that thought this would have been a brilliant move, I would have asked them the question, what is it that James Harden is bringing that you already don't have? Number one. Number two, is the premium that James Harden provides for your team, is it going to be greater than the loss in terms of your versatility after you go ahead and complete this trade? No one in their right mind would say 
that the premium that James Harden gives to this team is going to be greater than the loss. Do you know why? Because James Harden can only do one or two things. Number one, he is a ball-dominant guy that pounds the hell out of that ball, dribbles the hell out of that ball, and if he doesn't have the ball in his hand, how effective is he really? Some people says, well, he could be pretty good as a spot-up shooter. Um, folks, why would you go get a Hall of Fame type of guy who traditionally is known for having the ball in his hand and then try to turn him into a spot-up shooter when you already had spot-up shooters that could play better defense than James Harden? And you wouldn't be sitting here trying to figure out, okay, who gets the ball in it? Why would you do that? Why would you do this? What's the sense in it? The Clippers already had spot-up shooters that could play defense and were versatile. You had the Swiss Army Knife and Nicholas Batum, and you had Robert Coverton. You trade him away. You trade away uh, K.J. Martin, Kenny Martin's son. You trade him away. You trade away youth. To bring in a James Harden, who, what, is going to be a playmaker, but you already have playmakers. And if for Russell Westbrook to be effective, he needs a ball in his hand. So if you're looking for the playmaking of James Harden, how is that going to be possible when he doesn't have the ball in his hand? How is that going to be possible? Number two, let's talk about it from a chemistry in the locker room standpoint. Is James Harden the player you want in your locker room to galvanize the troops? I was recently listening to a segment from uh, Gil's Arena where Gilbert Arenas was pushing back on um, pushing back on the notion that James Harden is the reason the Clippers are going through what they're going through right now. And I know there's some people out there that want me and Gilbert Arenas to basically get into a boxing match and, and start fighting because that's what they love. They love to see black dudes fighting each other. These black dudes, I'm not talking about white people here, I'm talking about black dudes. That the only way they can see two black dudes going at each other is either they knocking each other out or cussing each other. They, you can't have a civil disagreement. We got to get in the mud. I disagree with something that Gilbert Arenas said. And no, I'm not about to cook him because we're not in high school. He said that we shouldn't put it all on the Clippers. Excuse me, on James Harden. And I'm saying that what's been the number one variable to the problems that this team is having? And I'm going to say James Harden. What's been the biggest change? James Harden. So I'm going to be looking in the direction of that guy. No one will tell me that the Clippers were as bad as they were before James. I think before they even got James Harden, they had probably been, I think they were probably one game above 500 or maybe at the 500, 500 mark. Are you telling me that the Clippers, if they did not have James Harden, they would be this bad? You got to be out of your mind. Why? You know why? Because the three-man rotation of Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard were the most effective three-man unit in the entire league. They were. Paul George is averaging about 28 a game. Now these guys can barely get a rhythm. It's James Harden. Because James Harden is affecting their offense, and they've gotten, and they've gotten rid of so many glue guys. They can do so many other things for the team when they're not scoring. Then now you're asking guys who have never done things in their life like do the dirty work. Which one of these guys on the Lakers roster, uh, on the Clippers roster, does the dirty work? Name them. Russell Westbrook could give you some hustle plays. Kawhi Leonard used to be a defensive player, so that's how he built his way up in the rankings. Paul George is the same thing. When did James Harden ever do the dirty work? When did he ever do the dirty work? You now have P.J. Tucker, who's an undermanned, I don't know what position you want to put him at, who can't even stretch the floor. Who would you rather have? P.J. Tucker, Robert Covington? Give me Robert Covington, please. Thank you. Or Nicholas Batum. Because I know at least those guys are going to stretch the floor at least a little bit. It's a disaster. And I think Shannon Sharp was 100% correct in all of the positions that he took. This thing is going to get worse. Some people are talking about give it time, give it, give it time for what? For what exactly? Are we looking for these guys to develop a new skill set? It ain't going to happen.
It ain't gonna happen. Why you would take four all-stars, put them on a team, and then start asking these guys to sacrifice when these guys could play their natural positions when it was just three of them and everything was working out. But the Clippers decided, you know what? Let's go ahead and break it. Then we can now find a way to fix it again. I'm I'm not going to see how this trade is going to work, and I don't care to give it more. So there's some people that know give it more time. They'll give it from the basketball aspect. Some people are trying to overcomplicate. The Clippers can't play any defense. They can't do any. Well, obviously they can't play any defense because they they just got worse defensively. They just did. They got rid of two defenders and added a worse one to the roster. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? Have you been watching those games when they've been looking, searching for those pick and roll and those switches? Who do you think they've been trying to switch on to? They've been trying to switch on to James Harden. In the case of Russell Westbrook, if he wasn't as astute as a defender, as quiet as a Paul George, you can make up for that deficiency. Trap in, get him back to the ball, switch it off. You can do that. But right now you have four guys and only two can play defense in, 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 in the starting lineup. You have a, a Vincent Zupak who they're going to pick and roll to death or switch. And you saw what Luka Doncic was doing to him. Who'd you rather have James Harden or Luka? I'm done. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.